Hello and welcome to the Print On Demand Playbook Podcast. This is episode 11. My name is Kerry and I'm here with my co-host Adrian and we're excited today to continue our part one. This is part two of profitable niches. We're actually talking about specific niches or niches, whatever, however you prefer to say it, uh, that you can go into right now for print on demand and apparel and t-shirts. And so we're going to be diving into part two in this episode. I believe there's about seven or eight more niches that we're going to be talking about. So let's do it. We're excited. Let's jump in. Well, diving in here, uh, I wanted to start it off by just doing a quick recap of the niches we covered in uh, the part one of this. We got going, Adrian, we got going just oh, like, dude. man, got into it uh, in that part one. <laughs> and we were like, man, we're already like 50 minutes or an hour in. Let's split it into two parts. We kind of made the decision on the fly. And I think yeah. there's enough, there's enough like really great info here to, uh, to, 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 you know, to talk for another hour. So easily. Um, in part one, we covered the dog. Well, we also covered, before I get to, into that, we covered like just briefly like what a niche, what is a niche, what makes a profitable niche, those kind of things. And then we talked about uh, the dog niche, the cat niche, uh, the gym, or you know, a little bit of the fitness niche, um, running. We talked about nursing, teaching, the Christian niche. And we also talked about family and uh, personalization and there is lots of really good stuff in that episode. So if you have not listened to part one, go back to episode 10, which is part one of Profitable yep. Niches. With that being said, Adrian, take it away with niche number 10. We're at, 10. I, I, I think this is number 10, actually. So we didn't we didn't we didn't have a clean like round number like 10, but Man, like you said, we spent so much time digging in, drilling down on the nine niches that we talked about in the last episode that it just made sense to make a second episode so that we don't have to cut short anything, that we don't have to hold back anything and just kind of move through real quick. So I'm going to jump into niche number 10, and that is the LGBTQ plus niche. This is an extremely passionate community. There are extremely passionate supporters and allies of this community. And there are so many brands that are doing so, so well in this space. Not only can you leverage huge holidays like Pride Month, but this is, this is to me, this to me is an evergreen niche. Like this niche will sell good all year round. And I've seen so many niches um, that just crush it in this space. So we said passion equals profits and it is no different here. Um, do you have any thoughts on that, Carrie? Um, I was kind of just looking up the stats a little bit, uh, because I was just curious. Um, so somewhere between like seven and 8% of the population identifies LGBTQ plus. Okay. Um, so the, that might sound that that's the U that's U S population. Okay. That might sound somewhat small. I guess that equates out to about 22 million, 23 million, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's right. Could be wrong. But I would say the community around that is like, you you don't have to build, you don't have to build a brand just for people who identify as that. Like right. the community around that and the support obviously is like, is, is pretty massive. So I think if that's something that, um, you know, that, that, that you support and you, you know, you're passionate about, like, I think that could be a very profitable niche to get into. And, yeah. um, uh, it's, this one falls again into that category that we've been talking about. Uh, we talked about this in the last episode, so I'm not going to mm -hmm. go into it too in depth, but 
you know, when there is anything going on in society around these niches, we talked about nursing with the pandemic and we talked about, uh, so there's some different things in here. I don't know if we, oh, we talked about, uh, Eating. police officers and law enforcement and those kind of things. Military. Yeah. yeah. When there's things going on around these, uh, and there's, there's things happening like that usually creates a spike in demand or a spike in support. It creates more passion for the people yeah. who support this, you know, this, this cause and this thing. So, um, that's just something to think about. I think this, uh, this niche falls into that category as well. Um, totally. so that can be really, really powerful to take advantage yeah, of. I, I totally agree. I have a friend who's in the social justice space, um, social justice niche, seven figure business owner started in 2020, just took off. You know, there was so much going on around that time and so much controversy and, um, their need, their business absolutely crush it. They still do. But what she told me is that every time there is something very polarizing in the news about social justice, then she gets a huge spike in customers. And she could even like, she could send out an email about this and say, Hey, you know, support our business. We support this. This is our, this yeah. is what we think about this. And it's like, boom, man, it's like printing money. It's yeah. just, and, and I'm not just saying like, oh, that's great that you're profiting from this. Like, sh this is what she believes in. Like, this is yeah. truly her belief. She identifies with this niche. She is an amazing speaker. She's a very eloquent writer. She's very just inspirational by nature. And she's like the perfect person to own a business in this space. And she does very well for herself. So yeah, absolutely. Another thing that I wanna mention is even if you're in a different niche, you can totally create LGBTQ plus inspired designs. I see it all the time. I have a friend who runs a seven figure dog inspired brand. And every year around pride, they will just create designs that show a dog and like the, the, the pride flag or, or something like that. And they said that it does really well. So they actually pump up like coming up to pride month, they'll like, pump out new designs for pride month and they'll create like a pride collection but it's a dog inspired brand and i see this across the board with so many brands like they they cross they they, they cross these interests especially mm -hmm. around um especially around pride month but what i will say is i think of this as an evergreen niche that you can sell all year round if if you're doing like lgbtq plus 100 percent so do you want to take the next one? Yeah, I'm going to jump into uh, one on my list here. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, not like a ton to talk about, about around these, but I'll try to expound on them a little <clears> bit. Maybe you have some, some to add. Uh, one that I see that's grow that is actually growing, uh, and there's actually some, I found a few statistics around this, but is the travel ni uh, niche. Um, this, it, it's kind of crazy. Like I know the economy and the different, you know, recession and all these different things, like, uh, the stats show that there's actually like more people traveling. Uh, like it's been, it's been growing like crazy. I don't know if it still has to do with pandemic and those kind right. of things like coming out of the pandemic. If just more people are feeling more comfortable. I mean, I think we're kind of past that at this point, I think. Um, but the travel niche, like just in general, not just apparel, it's expected to rise 30% this year. Some hmm. statistics show, which is crazy. Um, and so this is, uh, you know, again, an evergreen niche. I think a lot of opportunity, a lot of different things you can do around travel. Um, I think in our, one of our last episodes, we even talked about, and we're, cause we're right now we're kind of focusing on print on demand niches, but we right. talked about the, um, yeah, that was on the podcast. We talked about the suit, the print on demand suitcases, right? Oh, yes. Like, yeah. dude, that's so cool. That's so cool. Right. 
Travel bags, yeah. I think people, and I know this is true of me, like I spend a lot of money on things for traveling, you know, like mm. comfy clothes or um, or like, you know, uh, luggage and different things like that and tags. Yeah. Like there, there are some print on demands that sell like luggage tags. Like yeah, I've seen that, that too. You can actually do. Yeah. So um, travel is, is a really good one. I think more people should consider getting into this niche. So I'm curious, are you thinking like creating travel inspired designs or are you thinking of creating like a print on demand business where you have travel accessories and you print on demand for those like the luggage or the luggage tags or something like that. What, what do you kind of think in there? I think both would be a great opportunity. Mm -hmm. I think the less the, the, the less competition would probably be in the travel accessories category. You know, mm -hmm. if you could find like, I don't know if this is out there with print on demand, maybe, you know, but if you could find like the toiletry bags, you know, the little like zipper mm -hmm. toiletry bags, if you could print on those, right. Yeah. Uh, you could do tote bags, you could do backpacks, you could do the yeah. suitcases. You can do the, um, you know, the, uh, we what did we just talk about? Uh, yeah, luggage luggage tags. tags. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so there's quite a few like different things out there. I mean, there there's even print on demand headphones. Yep. Uh, it, it's all it's all about positioning it around travel, right? These mm -hmm. these items could cater to a lot of things, but positioning right. those around travel and doing designs based on travel. I mean, I think both could work. I think you, on the other hand, I think you could also just open a store around people who love to travel, you know, and, yeah. and you could even niche down a little bit further. For instance, uh, we have a student that uh, has a, um, a brand around people who love to, to go on cruises. Mm. It's, it's specifically around crew. Like if you love to go on cruises and travel via crew, you know, go on cruises, uh, those designs, his designs are like around that. He does, does really, really well with them. I'm trying right. to think of some of the specific like designs, but he, man, he has some really clever ones that are just nice. hilarious. Yeah. And those people eat it up. You know, if like, if that's something you love to do, uh, and it's, you know, it's like any other hobby, right. Uh, yeah. it, it definitely can work. So I think either one of those ideas can work personally. I kind of want to start, I want to start one of those luggage. I want to sell some of that. Luggage. <laughs> I think that's such a cool product. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I have a student who's actually a travel agent who started a travel inspired brand for African-Americans. So she's African-American, oh, wow. she's a travel agent, like how just, how well does that work together, right? Um, so that that one does kind of make sense. And I feel like you could create like a lot of funny slogans and um, maybe some sentimental ones. I feel like the funny ones would do the best personally. Um, but yeah, I just, so, so there are people out there in this space. I think he's got one that says, uh... I like big boats and I cannot lie. Oh, nice. I like that. That's <laughs> like, funny. Uh, yeah. There's, there's, there's some good ones. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, all right. Well, maybe I'll take the next one here and this one I can actually speak to quite a bit. This is the vegan niche. So I know from experience, I eat a, a plant-based diet. Um, and I know that this is a very, very passionate community. My wife also eats a plant-based diet. I, uh, Adrian, I eat a meat-based diet. Do you? So. Okay. <laughs> Different ends of the spectrum. Yeah. I only eat meat. I only eat meat. <laughs> the uh, carnivore <laughs> diet. I think that's what it's called. Doesn't no, Joe really yeah. talk about that? For real, that, that's a real thing. Yeah. There's like yeah. these keto dudes that they're just like, I'm going carnivore oh, for 30 so days. Intense. Yeah. They're yeah. so intense. And <laughs> and there's another one. Well, I guess keto is like a lot of meat, right? You essentially eat meat and veggies. You just cut out the carbs, right? 
Car- no carbs, no sugar. Yeah, for the for the okay. most part. But no yeah, carbs, no sugar. Yeah, it's funny. It's weird because it's off subject, but it's weird because like there's a lot of veggies you can't eat, which is odd. Like interesting, in, high carb or what? Yeah, I think I think it's like high carbs. Like probably yeah. potatoes. Yeah, you can't um, have potatoes for yeah, sure. Yeah, okay, that that kind of. Uh, but like, I like like green. You can have green beans. Okay. I like, can't really do like corn. I mean, there's different things like that are just I guess high in carbs, but. Interesting. Yeah. Anyways, get back. I sorry uh, to interrupt you with my. No, no, no. dude. It's all good, man. <laughs> it's all good. Um. So yeah, this is this this I know for a fact is a very passionate niche and very very supportive, close knit niche as well. Um, so there are so many things you can do here, uh, to add value to this community. And there are so many ways that you can create designs. There's also, I noticed it being like identifying with this niche and my wife identifying with this niche, I've noticed a lot of overlapping interests. You know, it's so much easier to know what the overlapping interests are when you're actually part of the niche. And this is one reason why I really recommend that people try to start a business around a niche that they already identify with because they they identify with it. So they know it as good as the other people. And they tend to be friends with other people that are in that niche as well. So um, there is one really successful vegan inspired company called Wholesome Culture. And these guys have a huge social media fall. And I want to say I want to say like over 700,000. Let's see on Instagram. If I go to their page, culture. Oh, so 796,000. 796,000 wow. followers. Yeah. You know what's so funny? What's so funny about some of these brands that uh, most of these brands that you brought up or that we've mm-hmm. brought up, it's like you go to their website and it's like, man, this is just like, this is like a free Shopify theme. You yeah. Know? I mean, most likely like they, like they're, they're pretty simple. Yep. You know, like we talked, we talked about a bunch of examples last time. Middle class fancy was one that we talked about. I mean, it's, yep. Like this is easily something you could you can make on Shopify, you know, with with totally. with, with a free theme, um, and so uh, anyways, I just think that's interesting. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Like I'm pretty sure they do print on demand as well. I don't know like which print on demand provider they're using or whatnot, but if generally if like you read their shipping, you can tell if they're using print on demand or they say it. And you know there is like an angle that you can take with print on demand, kind of like that environmental angle which actually kind of helps your case when you have longer shipping times you say like oh we create these made to order because so much waste goes or so much apparel goes you know to waste if it's pre-made and so they only print on demand to reduce wastage and there's an angle if you're an ethical brand or if that's something that you want to be you know you want to be known for if you want to be an eco-friendly brand there's all these angles that you can take, um, but that's one that's really good with print on demand and it kind of helps your case for the longer shipping times. People are like, oh, okay, I get it. They're making it to order so that they're not pre-making a bunch of stuff that they might have to throw out or get rid of or something like that because it is like a hugely wasteful, like apparel, unfortunately, is just a really, really wasteful industry where big companies like the H&Ms and the Zara's and stuff, a lot of times from what I heard, they'll just dump like massive piles of clothing in like landfills because they can't sell them and they don't want to like devalue their brand by like fire selling them. Um, So you got to be, you know, you can, you can take that angle with print on demand, but I just think that these guys did a really good job of creating like, again, that like premium lifestyle brand. And there are a lot of vegan inspired brands out there, and I'm sure a lot of them are doing good. Another one that's really funny is Vegetarian. 
Um, her name's Taryn. She's a vegan and she created a brand called Vegetarian, which I think is so clever. She has some hilarious designs. Um, and I just like how wholesome culture, they actually kind of separate themselves from a lot of other vegan designs by being like this premium lifestyle brand. And if you go to their Instagram, you can see like they have good imagery, they have good product photos, they have a lot of people wearing their products. And I just think they do a really good job. But there are also so many ways that you can add value in this niche as a brand. So just some ideas here. You can share vegan recipes to a blog or you can email them out to your audience. You can organize vegan events. You can share cool vegan restaurants in certain areas. You can even become an affiliate marketer for some of these vegan restaurants where you make recommendations and if people use the link to make a res reservation, then maybe you get a commission or something like that. Um, I just feel there's a lot of places you can go with this. And in terms of overlapping interests, if you are in the vegan niche or you want to be in it, some that I know personally from brands I've seen and from being a, like a vegan myself, I, I do sometimes just to be really clear, I do sometimes go vegetarian. So I just, I don't want like, you know, like you see these photos, I actually saw a photo of a, a vegan influencer and someone took a photo of them eating like meat once and it went like viral and everyone hated on this influencer and stuff. And like, I'm definitely not a big influencer. I'm not like, nobody knows who I am really. And maybe just a small percentage of people in the POD space, but it's just funny because people get really passionate. Well, I'm a fan, about Adrian. This. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm your biggest well, fan. Well, I've got one fan. All right, cool. I've got one fan. I'll take it. Follow Adrian on TikTok. He crushes yeah. it on TikTok. <laughs> but if you stuff. see me eating a cheese pizza in public, do not hate. I am saying that I'm primarily vegan, sometimes vegetarian. But but um, you don't judge those that eat meat like myself. Yeah, no, I mean, each each to their own. People have different reasons for being vegans, and that's another angle you can take. There's like some people do it for environment, some do it, people do it for health, some people do it for ethical reasons. There's lots of different reasons. And again, if you're part of this niche, you know a lot of this stuff. Um, so yeah, I just feel like this is a, a, a niche with a ton of potential. And I think someone can still come in and make an absolute killing with this niche. For sure. So, but I was gonna share some cross niche ideas for this. And a couple of them are, I find vegans and cats go really well together, vegans and books, like reading, vegans and tea, and literally my wife falls into every single one of those overlapping interests. She's <laughs> vegan and she falls into every single one, but I've also seen designs that, that fall into this. So I'm not gonna say any more about that. I think I've already said a lot about it. Um, why don't you take the next one, Carrie? Yes, sir, the next one on the list is gaming. Um, obviously gaming is huge. I mean, there's so many different types of games, genres of games, there are different types of people who play games. And kind of the same thing you just mentioned, just to touch on is like, you can cross it with so many different things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can, because people like to do different things while they game, or maybe, yeah. you know, a certain, certain type of person that loves other things falls into that gaming category. Um, and, and you also put here, which is interesting, is like, there's tons of gaming influencers. You know, you think yeah. about a, a platform like Twitch that's like, yeah, almost, all, almost all just like gamers, you know? Yep. Um, uh, there's, you know, tournaments. Mm -hmm. uh, events around the world. So yeah, I mean, I definitely think gaming is a uh, popular one, good opportunity to get in there. I mean, gaming kind of is another one of those ones where I feel like a lot, I see a lot of cheesy brands. I don't know why. I don't know if it's mm -hmm. just like, maybe a lot of people trying to go for like the retro gaming thing, which I think. Oh yeah, work. I've seen that. 
like level but, four unlocked and it's like a pixelated controller yeah, it's like game over <laughs> pixels yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah yeah and i'm just like so again like it is it is one of those niches it's gonna have a lot of brands in it mm-hmm. um there's a lot of a lot of places you can get these kind of gaming t-shirts so it's it's important to have your own spin on it and your yeah. own unique take yeah. um you know, I almost wonder, this is kind of an off the wall idea, but I almost wonder, you know, if you could create a gaming niche around like more, some of these more trendy designs that we've kind of like design styles that we've seen, you know, rather than just going for like, everything has to be bright colors and pixels. Pixelated. And, you know, and like, I wonder if there's like, if there is an opportunity to make a more like fashionable or current or trendy, um, gaming related i don't know i'm, I'm so you're thinking like a, like a premium lifestyle brand yeah that is like gaming inspired yeah that would I don't be know. cool i've never seen it i've you'd never have to, seen you'd, one you have to really exist, think through but, it yeah you know? but i but i do i do think that there's i think you typically think of gamers as the 14 year old kid yeah drinking a mountain dew eating doritos <laughs> like playing Fortnite or whatever halo or the, you know, i just I think there's a lot of people out there that don't fit into into the nerdy nerdy kind of category. Oh, totally. That that, that do game. Maybe yeah. maybe I don't know. Maybe those people don't want to say that they're gamers. I don't know. I mean, I play Pokemon Go with my seven year old. I guess I'm a yeah. gamer. Like, would you wear a Pokemon <laughs> Go shirt? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe if it feels cool though. But maybe if it was yeah. cool. Maybe yeah. if it maybe if it was actually cool. Like maybe if right. it was, you know, vintage or you know, kind of whatever I don't like know. on trend yeah. something really cool yeah maybe i would yeah you're, you're uh, right though you're you're totally right about how like I, I think the first thing you think when you think of gamers you think oh kids like elementary school high school kids but man there are so many different categories of gamers there are so many adult gamers there are grandma gamers there are female gamers there are like just so many different you're right like it does fall into so many different categories so i feel like maybe you could like drill down further man i'm looking on I, we don't have a really great example i don't do you have any examples in this category i don't i don't, I don't. no but, but i'm looking on i'm looking on instagram i just searched gaming and like like one of the first ones that came up which might be interesting is this this chick that uh, her name's Alyssa Nguyen. I don't know anything about her, but her literally her title is gaming foodie. Okay. And, uh, oh wow. I wonder if she's got anything on here about gaming. It doesn't look okay. like it, so maybe maybe not. Well, yeah, I think she's mostly mostly focused on food, but a couple yeah. other ones on here like um, there's one called Gaming Bible that's interesting. Like uh, <laughs> I want to kind of look at. Anyways, there's probably some on here that have merch though that that might might have oh, there a cool are. spin on it. I've seen you know? I've seen I've seen um, influencers who have like links to like a merch site, and usually it's just like something like a Teespring or or something like that. Um, but I also wanted to say um, oh, there's, there's something- some there's some big accounts on Instagram, yeah, gaming huge, accounts. huge <laughs> millions. Oh, what else? What I was going to say is if you go on like somewhere like Etsy or Amazon, you'll see just a ton of gaming shirts and you see like the kids ones where they're mixing like the kid's birthday with like the gaming, you know, like level five activated because they're like turning five or something like that. But I, you know, it would be interesting. Like there's so many gamer influencers out there and that's something, a good point to mention about all the niches, like you and I, so many different types of games. Well, but like also in terms of influencers, like every yeah. niche that we've mentioned, there's 
probably tons of influencers in that niche. And you and I, we're both big advocates of influencer marketing. It's a great low cost option. Like you can spend a lot on influencer marketing, but you can also spend very little. Like I've never ever paid an influencer. We've worked with a ton of influencers. We only give them free merch. And we've yeah. asked some that were really big. I remember once I just felt really like brave and I reached out to an influencer with over a million followers. And I was like, hey, can we give you like free merch in exchange for like a shout out or exchange for a post? And I actually almost got them. What? So do not like, do not like underestimate, like give it a go. Like it can be a shotgun approach. I actually have like a template that I use that I send to influencers. And usually there's a strategy behind it. Like I'll follow them well in advance. I'll like a lot of their stuff. I'll interact with their posts. Yep. And then eventually I'll reach out to them and they have to like be a good fit. But this one with the million, with over a million, she almost did it. But at the end, like we couldn't make it work. Um, she wanted you know, her usual rate was $5,000 a post. Plus she wanted an affiliate link. Yeah. Plus she wanted an affiliate link, which I was fine with, but it was the $5,000 a post that got me. So that's a um, lot, dude. If it doesn't yes. perform, it's like, oh, right. Man. Exactly. And, and you know what? Most of the time, the micro influencers outperform the, yeah. the macro influencers They're They get, they have like a more engaged, like uh community that they actually yeah. interact with. And I think that that's, like a common misconception is that, oh, if I get like a Kylie Jenner to promote my product, I'm going to make a ton of sales. But a lot of, a lot of these people have all these followers who don't interact with them. They don't, you know, it, it's this smaller well, group. Just, you, as you get more followers, your reach just goes, your reach percentage goes down. That's just right. like a, just like, just how the algorithm works, I guess. It's like, you're right. going to reach more people, you know, 5% of a million is more than 1% of, you know, whatever, a hundred thousand or something. Hopefully I'm doing right. you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, but, uh, but anyways, yeah, well, I was going to mention before we move on, uh, one, one area I just thought of, of gaming that might be a little bit less explored is the metaverse. And th those kind of mm. things might also be a little bit trendy. You know, I know, you know, it, we've had like a crypto crash and all these different things, but, mm. um, but it, it, this is more of a emerging market of VR gaming, the metaverse, mm -hmm. those kind of things that maybe you could go that route and create a brand, a gaming brand around those, some of those things, man. I, yeah. I don't have my VR anymore. Have you, have you ever done the, 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 the Oculus? I have not. No, I'm, I'm not really a gamer cool. at all. Like I, I never game and it's not because I, I, I have something against gaming. I just, it seems like it's really addictive and I don't want to be addicted to gaming. But you're a fitness guy. <laughs> you're a fitness guy. That's true. Uh, the Oculus, like the VR is really, really cool. Like we would play this game called Beat Saber and okay. it's so cool. And, and it was such a good workout. Nice. And I would play ping pong with my brother while he was at his house and it was that's so cool. realistic. We could play ping pong. That's cool. Um, and so, uh, anyways, that might be something that's a little more, le a little less explored in the gaming niche that somebody could take advantage of. Yeah, actually, dude, when I was a kid, I did have a power pad. Do you remember that? No. Like, I'm totally dating myself here. That's like one of those pads where you like run on and there's like all these games. It has like all I've these never like, heard of that. <laughs> circles and numbers and like you run on it and, and there's games where you press different things. It's it's actually kind of a complicated to explain, but I'm a, I was a Sega kid. Oh, Sonic okay. okay. I, I loved Sega when I was a kid too. So, um, but anyhow, I digress. The the last thing I want to mention, like like game. Wait, wait. Oh, oh, go ahead. <laughs> I thought you were moving on to the next niche. I I just had another thought that I didn't want to make. I wanted to make sure 
Didn't yeah, actually, that. two two things that I thought of go, to, con- <laughs> to to finish off the thought on on influencer marketing. I will say that in most cases, it's much better to get a bunch of micro influencers than one big influencer. You're gonna do you're gonna do better. You're gonna get a more passionate community following them, and you're more likely to make sales. Plus, all those micro influencers, a lot of times, they will charge very low rates, if any at all. And if you're like me and you make a rule for yourself, like at this point, we're only willing to give free merch in exchange for um, shout outs and posts, then you don't pay anything. So um, I just want to mention that to kind of wrap up the thought about, about um, influencer marketing. But in terms of gaming, like just to give people an idea, I don't know if people know this, but like there are like like leagues around gaming and there's even tournaments where where fans will pack a stadium to watch these gamers in the middle of the stadium playing a video game the big projector screen above them is showing all of them and people this is a thing like this is this is a thing it's actually really crazy i told you we me and calvin my son play this game we play pokemon go which yeah most everybody knows (laughs) it came out like years ago um Every year they have the Pokemon Go World Championships. Do they really? Yeah, oh, and it's man. like they have it at a. I, I can't remember where last year was at. I want to say like Tokyo or like Singapore or something somewhere around there. It's flipping wild, dude. There are and there are so many influencers on YouTube specifically about mm. and their whole channels around Pokemon Go. Some of these yeah. guys have multiple millions of followers. Like it is insane. Facebook groups, like I'm in Facebook groups for Pokemon Go. Okay. I have hundreds of thousands of people in them. Like just insane, dude. Dude, uh, imagine but, having some of those influencers playing mm-hmm. a game and wearing a shirt that's hilarious, that's totally relevant to whatever niche that is, like the Pokemon Go niche or something. Yeah. And I think people would see that and be like, that's hilarious. Like, I want that. The influencer has it. That's a hilarious shirt. And yeah, yeah I think that could do. I didn't know we were going to, I didn't know we were going to go this deep on gaming, but I have one more <laughs> thing. I, I have one more thing I have to say. All right. All right. Let's one go. thing that we have, we have totally not even mentioned in the gaming niche. That is my, would probably be the way that I would go if I was going to go into gaming. You ready for this? Let's hear it. Board games. We didn't even think about it. Oh, right? interesting. Board games. That never crossed um, my mind. Yeah. No, this is actually huge. So if you okay, if you're not familiar with this game, my wife and I and some and our friends, we play this game. It's actually growing in popularity like crazy. Go to Google and search Settlers of Catan t-shirts. Oh, I played it. So popular. Like, no, search the t-shirts because they are oh, awesome. T-shirts. Oh okay. yeah. It, oh, dude, like it goes way beyond t-shirts. There is like a whole there is a whole just insane amount of products that you can do around uh, Catan, and there's some no really funny way. T-shirts out there. Um, I think this is a this is a great opportunity. It's a growing niche, um, and uh, I built this city on rock and wheat. I love that. Nice. Uh, there's, nice. there's so many good ones, but that's that's one that's, that's growing. Awesome. And there's uh, there's so many other board games out there that you can do this yeah. with, but this one specifically, like there's so many things about Catan that is yeah. not copyright or trademark. That's like you could totally create a whole brand and crush it around. Totally. Uh, around I have a friend who's obsessed with that game. Like anytime you go to his place, he's like, let's play Sousa Catan. Let's go. He's like the first person that introduced me to it. And he's like, it's hardcore fun. loves it. We've got all the expansions and different things. Oh, we nice. Play, we play, uh, uh, we play seafarers is our favorite one, but. Okay. So you're like really into it. You know, yeah. way more than I do about sellers. Yeah, just, this is all I do. You travel. I play board games and, <laughs> and you know, eat meat, <laughs> record podcasts. Oh, that's hilarious. All right. Uh, and you take um, the next one. 
All right, so the next one, and this one, this one you got to be careful with, but this one is politics. And as anyone who lives in America knows, and even if you don't live in America, you know that politics is extremely polarized here, like extremely. Mm. You've got very passionate people on one side, you got very passionate people on the other side, and then you got a bunch of people in the middle. But those very passionate people, man, there is they money buy it to all. be made. They'll buy it all. They want it all. They want the car bumper stickers. They want the hat. They want the shirt. They want everything. They want the blanket. They want the flag. They want it all. Dude, and man. I feel like it's such a lucrative niche. Like I'm, I've always been tempted to go into it. I haven't because um, I there's certain things that I wouldn't sell because I just don't believe in them. Yeah. Like it's a personal values thing where I would not sell something that goes against my values. It's just, I'm not interested in it. And there's lots of people who don't care and they'll do it and that's their prerogative. But personally, I will not. And so I, two things I don't really like to get too much in detail with when I'm having conversation with people is religion and politics. And the reason is just because they can get so heated and some people are so passionate and they have the right to be passionate, like, you know, for, for what they believe in. But I just like, it makes me uncomfortable when people get really heated about that kind of stuff. So I kind of stay away from those things. Um, but yeah, like politics, man, there is so much money to be made, especially in like the run up to elections. Which and, it's coming up. I mean, it's, yeah, uh, it's, exactly. It's, uh, like, so you're going to start seeing a whole bunch more political merch coming out, but like one thing that I heard that quite a few people do is they'll like listen to a debate and they will be like ready to come up with slogans like they will be they will watch the whole debate they'll just grab some popcorn and every time they hear someone say something stupid or something controversial or something really clever they're like throw it on oh. a t-shirt <laughs> they throw it on a shirt and like that night by midnight yeah. there's like they've got multiple designs out and a lot of them absolutely crush it with that kind of thing and and you've probably seen them you've seen some of these shirts like excuse oh, me yeah. i'm speaking and um when they go low we go high and all these different kind of slogans that people take from debates and they just throw them on shirts and some people absolutely crush it with this yeah. so that's why i had to bring it up because it is so lucrative um, it is definitely but, uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's definitely it's definitely lucrative there's a lot of opportunity um there's a couple things number one you know it, you just have to be the right person that really wants to get into it i mean i think that I think that most people I see going everyone. in, what's that? It's not for everyone. Yeah. Most people I see going into this niche of politics there, they are extremely fired up about one side or the other. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and you know, there, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Just, you know, do your thing. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity, but one hurdle that you might face is that, uh, most of the time you're not going to be able to run much paid ads uh, yes. to these kind of to these kind of stores so especially facebook ads i mean it's it, you might be able to get around it in some cases yeah. uh, or you know i think on facebook there is that, like you can actually put a disclaimer on there that says this is that basically says political. this is political and yeah. there's some maybe some hoops you have to jump through with facebook mm -hmm. but um but it's very difficult to get ads approved and if especially if you're going to put out designs that are like really controversial, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, one that, one that does really, really well is, is gun ownership and gun rights. Oh, second know, which, amendment stuff. Yeah. Second amendment stuff, which yeah. is really, super uh, passionate. yeah, super passionate, but it's like, yeah. you just can't put a gun on a Facebook ad, you know? Stuff. So it's like, you're, you're extremely limited, um, on, on that kind of stuff or any, you know, any sayings that might be vulgar or anything like that. You know, it's right. I, 
I feel like it's a shame that we even have to say that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, politics, you're totally it, right. It's vulgarity involved, whatever. But um, um, that it's but, tough. But as Adrian said, like it's super huge. You know, I live here in Oklahoma. If you're not aware, Oklahoma is a very red state, uh, mm. extremely red. And so, like we, you often see like on street corners, you know, people back up their truck full of merch and just sell. I mean, mm-hmm. flags, tees, hats, bags, anything you can think of. And it's like especially during a, you know, a more of an election season. You're not seeing it so much right now, but it'll start to, to, to uh, pop up more. It's like, man, I mean, they could probably go out there and make 10 grand, just pull up on a street corner next to a wow. convenience store and like sell everything. Totally. It's, it's wild. So yeah, there, there's, there's almost unlimited demand, especially around kind of an election cycle. And, uh, uh, but just something to, to be careful getting into. Yeah, that's a really good point. And and it does it even goes a little further than that. So around election time, and they're always kind of changing too. Like there's certain social media where they will not let any political ads run and they'll be very careful about stuff that gets put like ads and stuff. And then there's some that are a bit more flexible. I know Facebook has been the controversial one where they'll, I think it was Facebook that allows con- uh, political ads and stuff like that. But um, my friend who's in the social justice niche wasn't even in politics like specifically like american politics um but they were still like not a bunch of their best-selling designs were taken down around the time of the last election because they said that you weren't allowed to run any political ads during that time with the lead up to the election because i don't know like it's controversial or maybe it's because they thought there might be false information being spread i don't know but all i know is that like it actually spills out even further than just politics but yeah like you also have to be careful with politics, with names that you mention. certain people. Um, you, you will see a lot of shirts out there on websites and on Etsy and on Amazon. But like sometimes if you're mentioning a name, you might not actually be able to mention that name and you can get an account terminated or you can get, you know, you can get uh, an email like a cease and desist or a takedown email or something like that regarding it. So there are some things other things that you need to be careful too. Anytime that you're mentioning people's names, um, you want to be extra careful. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, the next one here, I'm excited. We've been waiting the whole time. We, you put this one last on the list is why it's taken so long to, to get here. Uh, this so is, we this teased is, this one in the first episode and then we teased it at the end of the first episode. Yeah. Uh, it's pickleball. It's pickleball, baby. Let's go. Uh, I'm pumped on this one. So, uh, just so everybody knows out there, I've gone pickleball crazy. Nice. I've gone completely pickleball crazy. Uh, started playing on Sunday nights at my church in a group nice. there. And then I've just like gone crazy. Like I want to play, I, I want to play every day. The bummer nice. is here in Oklahoma that, uh, there's not, there's really almost no indoor facilities and the weather's really bad. So it's like, mm. there's, there's like one gym that's open, like three courts indoors or and else if you don't, if you don't have a membership to the gym, like you have to play at a church or you have to play at like a community center. So I've been struggling so hard. So I've actually wanted to get in, in some capacity, wanted to get into the pickleball knit niche. I really want to open some, I really want to open some indoor courts, Do it, dude. but like Do I have it. to find a huge building, you know, and then, and then that actually like paint, paint some courts and different things. So it's cause you need a lot of space, you know, it's not a big court, right. but you need a lot of space. But anyways, the pickleball niche, um, I think this is like one of the best opportunities out there. I'm going to tell you why. If you're not aware, pickleball is the fastest growing sport in America two years wow. in a row. Crazy. Uh, they got 21-21 and 2022. Oh, crazy. They're, this get this. Uh, I believe it's from 2021 
to 2022, it went from 5 million people that play pickleball in the U.S. to 36 million people. What? Uh, 2021 to 2022. Yeah. That's crazy. There's over over 10,000 facilities in the U.S. that have been built in the last few years oh. uh, for pickleball. There's, I mean, it's insane. The biggest age demographic is uh, 18 to 34, which is interesting. I, I, which mm. I I find really interesting because a lot of a lot of older people play pickleball. That's one of the yeah, yeah. But it I, actually, like, like, I'm in Arizona. It's very popular with retirees here. Like yeah. really, really popular. So I always thought it was kind of like a retiree sport. Yeah. Um, but clearly, well, it's so but it's it's become this like it's become this thing where it's like it's like a social sport. You know, it's mm-hmm. like cornhole. It's like right. You know, like there and there's there's all these businesses coming out. There's one called Chicken and Pickle that just opened in Oklahoma City about an hour and a half and they, they're a nationwide, they have, they're nationwide, but they have indoor and outdoor courts, but then they also have a sports bar and, cool. they, have, and they have like, you know, sports, they have TVs and sports on and you can rent out courts and you can get food. And then they have like cornhole and they have like, uh, you know, like the, well, they're, I'm blanking on the Frisbee game, uh, but just different things like that. And it's like, it's just really, really trendy, like cool facility. Awesome. And it's dude, the game is just so much fun. It's growing like crazy. And so, I have actually been, um, I've been, I've been finding a few pickleball brands out there. They're starting to, to pop up, of, mm. you know, uh, t-shirts and apparel and different things. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, because, because pickleball is such a social sport, like it lends itself to like the funny designs that like, right. like I, this is, you asked me, I don't know if that was the last episode or this episode. You asked me, would I wear Pokemon Go shirts? Yeah. I probably wouldn't. Cause I'm embarrassed of that. That was this episode. But, yeah. That was it. But I would wear pickle, funny pickleball shirts because <laughs> yeah. like, I want to go, I go with my friends yeah. to play pickleball and it's like, I want to roll up there and like a funny, funny t-shirt, you That'd know? So and, funny. and so I think this is a really, really great opportunity. Yeah. You can create, you can create uh, apparel for that. Like, you could wear on the court or you can yeah. just create funny apparel. Cause people, people are like, losing their minds over the sport, including myself. Um, I want to play every day. Like yeah. I'm so into it. It's so much fun. Oh, um, I'm to play. I'm going to try it. I like it's everybody so here is playing it now. Like everybody, my wife plays it and like, really? like, yeah, like she, she has friends who play it and they, they, she goes with her friend who plays with her mom. And so they all get together and play. And like, I feel like five years ago, I'd never even heard of pickleball. Yeah. And now like everybody I know knows what it is. And so, so many of them play it. Um, I remember when I first moved to Arizona, I was at a local community center working out of the gym and I looked down, there was like glass over like a gym court. And I saw these people playing this like weird looking sport and I'd never seen it played before. I was like, what is that? And it was, it was like older people playing it. And I had no clue what it was, but I eventually found out it was pickleball. And then I found out that there were pickleball leagues and it just seems like every, I mean, statistically, like you said, every year it's getting more popular. And this doesn't seem like a sport that's going to like, it doesn't seem like something that's just going to disappear like a trend. You know how like something like pogs, like way back in the day, like pogs were really cool and trendy. And all of a sudden, like you never hear about pogs anymore and, and stuff like that. Like, I feel like pickleball is like a sport that's here to stay. And because it's so new, a lot of people have not tapped into it. And especially people like you who are getting really passionate about it, you would know like the funny slogans. I yeah. would not know the funny slogans to use. I would have to do some research and 
maybe talk to some people that played it or play it myself, which I actually really want to now. You've totally like sold me on this. I can't uh, yeah, believe you're out there. I'm trying to find some of the brands because I, I, I've been I've been joining so many groups and different things that I've been getting Facebook ads for some of the like apparel brands. Okay, and some of them are really really clever, but I I, nice. I can't I can't quite find them right on the spot. Yeah. Um. But uh. But oh, I was just gonna say some some of some things to support what you're saying about it not just being a fad is that um well number one a lot of people are talking about the health the health and fitness benefits of it mm. uh, because because it's apparently it's really helping older people get active cool uh, be, because awesome. it, it is it's so much fun but it's a mm. smaller court than tennis and it doesn't yeah. require you to be as mobile uh and it's it's actually a lot easier than tennis it's like some people who uh, maybe have never been good at racket sports. Like pickleball mm. is way easier. Like you can pick it up pretty nice. quickly and get, you know, get in get in the flow of it pretty decently. But one other thing is, uh, you know, if you if you're familiar with pickleball at all, like you've heard about all the celebrities getting into it, which is insane. Oh really? Oh my gosh! No like may, a lot of athletes: Drew Brees, uh, Dirk Nowitzki, oh, Kevin Durant, Tom Brady. What? Like uh, recently, Gary V bought it bought a pickleball team. No way. Jamie Fox. I mean, like the list goes on and on. Like it's, it's like an endless list of of celebrities and athletes Easy. that have invested and like got into the sport, and they're buying these buying these teams. And one other thing is some of these uh, tournaments that are, a lot of the tournaments now are like they have over six figure prize prize pools. Like if you win, Whoa. like they're like six figure plus prize pool. Like I, I think the one I saw the other day was a senior. It was like sixty okay. plus or fifty five plus, and it, it had a, over a hundred thousand dollar prize pool, uh, which is pretty crazy. Like they're they're just it's just getting insane. Like it's it's growing like That's crazy. Insane. And so well, I, I especially do, with all the celebrity endorsements and stuff. Like yeah. when celebrities are playing and stuff, that's just gonna bring more attention to it and like rapidly like shoot up like the popularity. I do think I do think it's gonna be around. Uh, it, it's it's something anybody yeah. can get into, and it's just a ton of fun. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's, I think it's going to continue to grow for sure. Yeah. At least huge for the opportunity future. right there. Like, man, it just like, it, 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 it's just one of those things that just kind of like AI, that just kind of like came out of nowhere really fast. Like, every, like, you know, AI people knew about it before, but only since like chat GPT, like came out, like everything just kind of shot way up. It, yeah. It's just crazy. Like I know like my sister-in-law, her parents, they snowbird. They, they're up near Vancouver, where, where I'm originally from, and they come down to Arizona. They go to Yuma every year, and he's like super crazy passionate into pickleball. I think he plays every single day, and he's here for like probably four months. And um, yeah, it's just like everyone's picking it up, man. Like, yeah, I mean, like if you're, hey, if you're listening to this and you don't start a pickleball brand, I'm coming for you. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna start my own, and we're gonna dominate. Dude, watch in like a year's time, there's going to be like a hundred pickleball brands, but like there is like that first mover's advantage. And if you can plant your flag in the ground as like the premier pickleball apparel brand, um, man, I feel like you could grow like your followers really fast, especially if you're putting up value, mm -hmm. um, you know, like pickleball skills and pickleball, talking about pickleball tournaments and cool stuff like that. There's so much yep. you could do with it. So um, that is such a good suggestion and one that I hope people jump on. Like I yeah. really, really think they'll jump on. Um, Adrian, we've got one cool. more on the list here. Uh, yes. It's it's the last one down there. It, you Feel free to talk about it if you want to, or I can take it and we can kind of just branch off from there. Why don't you take this one because it was it was on your list? I'm just curious to know kind of the angle you come from, and then if I have any have I have anything else to say, I'll like contribute. Yeah, the last one here is again. It's not a lot of them that I put on here. They're not necessarily like a niche, 
uh, but it's it's an angle on on most of these niches we talked about. And it is so the last one on our list is vintage and retro. Mm. And um, you know, it, it, it's almost like any not not necessarily every niche, but most of these niches you can take that vintage or retro angle to it, which makes yeah. it can make it somewhat unique, right? Yeah. Um, you know, even just taking some like we just talked about pickleball, right? Like mm-hmm. pickleball is a newer sport, but if you took some vintage or retro inspired designs, you mm-hmm. know, like think about some eighties pickleball inspired designs. Like those would be mm-hmm. awesome, you know, because wow. most of the people who, who are playing pickleball are born in the eighties or born in the nineties. Right. And like, you can, yeah. like, you can kind of take that angle on it. So I think vintage and retro I, to an extent, I think it's always kind of trendy, but I think mm-hmm. it's, it's been especially trendy the last couple of years. Uh, just, yeah. you know, the nineties, the eighties, those kind of things. And so, um, uh, you know, I think I think taking a vintage angle on anything, but you could also kind of look at it as a niche. I mean, you could go into vintage designs, but I think that's a little too broad. I think I think adding it to one of these niches we've talked about or your own niche is uh, is probably the best yeah. approach. I agree. I, I like the idea of incorporating vintage designs into another niche. So one that you probably see all the time is the sunsets background, yep. you know, where it has like the different color, like color palette. Usually it's like a red, orange, yellow, something like that. And this is so popular and you see it in every niche. And it's just a great way to like maybe remix a winning design. So yep. if you have a design that's doing really well, and let's say it's like a white design on a black shirt remix the design you 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 can use the exact same slogan but you could like make it on a sunset background because maybe that'll appeal to people who like that retro look and i see this all the time like in the dog niche and the cat niche you'll see you know you'll see a shirt with like a silhouette of like a black cat and it'll be like a sunset background and it's just going to add some color and pop to it gives it that vintage feel and, and you're right like it's really popular right now you, you see those vintage designs everywhere another one i did i did that that did really really well for me was uh and you you maybe maybe have seen variations of this is like the acdc like ba- like tour shirt mm, and so mm-hmm. i i did a shirt like that and changed you know used the same kind of like acdc font and did a, like a two like you know a tour type thing on the back but i nice. i made it for my own niche and so i just okay. used i was inspired by that that tour t-shirt right yeah and so there's stuff like that like it's it's not necessarily there's not one type of vintage like you're talking about more like outdoorsy kind of type stuff maybe that that angle but you know like there's also like vintage gaming and there's also music Mm -hmm. related stuff and there's you know different things like that so uh it's all about the nostalgia right like um another another thing is like like you think about sports and you think about like like vintage NBA jerseys and NBA tees and like mm-hmm. NFL type stuff and starter jackets, like taking some of that flavor from those things yeah, and, and doing some of the mimicking some of the elements of those designs and adding those into your niche, man, uh, can be, can be a really awesome strategy for sure. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a good one. And, and something that could be incorporated in almost any niche, which is cool. So definitely very anything, cool. any other niches that you're that you're thinking about adrian i think that i think we covered a lot man. I, I we've covered so much here like if if i if i took a minute i could definitely think of lots more but we just dug so deep into so many that um yeah like that's that's a lot of information so i think i think just to kind of maybe wrap it up a little bit or give maybe a, a not a recap but like an overall strategy tips here I think big things to think about, you know, we talked about some things like vintage. We talked about some things like personalization. Mm-hmm. Um, 
think of you, you, you know, when you define your niche, think about how you can go a little bit deeper, how you can mm-hmm. be a little bit different yes. and think about some of the additional elements that you might be able to add to that niche to make it unique and different like personalization or maybe vintage and retro or maybe, um, interests. Uh, yeah. Or maybe stat, yeah. Stacking interest, you know, mm-hmm. adding multiple or really going deep on who your customer is, right? You might have a Christian brand, but it might be for just older people or younger people or middle-aged or whatever, you know, like, so thinking about those things, the location of your customer, like these are all ways to uh, stand out and be different when it comes to your niche. So I guess those would be my tips of just really thinking about those things um, and seeing how you can add those to your niche to make it unique and different. Yeah, I completely agree. The better, the more you can differentiate, differentiate the better. And, and when people, you know, when you layer down on your niche, there are so many, you can, you can layer down by so many things. You mentioned a lot of good examples. Another one is like income earners. Like if you want to create a premium lifestyle brand and you want to create really cool on-trend products for a specific niche, I feel like there's not enough competition in that space. I feel like everyone's competing with, for these, like selling these like 18 to $20 t-shirts. And it's like, dude, like, you're competing in the least profitable yeah you're in, in like the least profitable space like your profit margins are so small that then you're forced to do high volume and if you run ads that costs money and which makes it very hard um so i mean yeah i i like there's there's so many ways that you can layer down and like you carrie i always encourage people to to incorporate multiple layers on top of a niche so i think cool. that about does it man what a great episode yeah that that's it. So let's wrap it up there. This has been a lot of fun. I hope people loved it. I'd love to hear people's feedback and guys, like if you're on like YouTube comment, like what are some good profitable niches? What niches are you in? What niches do you see with potential? Would love to hear from you guys. Like this is such a small sample size of all the profitable niches out there. So thank you so much guys for listening and we will sign off here. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Print On Demand Playbook Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us an honest review on whichever platform you are listening from. Thank you so much and we will see you soon.